Black Baseball Mixtape family. It's your boy Cheats here. I'm really excited about today's podcast episode. We're going to be talking about the Fair Ball Foundation. We have two outstanding ambassadors for the foundation on the program. Tevin Tucker and Kalen Culpepper, both outstanding ball players and outstanding young men. You're really, really going to want to listen, get locked into the Fairball Foundation. It's very exciting. I also want to take a moment to ask a personal favor from the mixtape community. Please, please rate and review the podcast, especially on Apple Podcasts. Please leave a review, give it a rating. It goes a long way to getting our podcast out for more people to follow. In addition, coming this week, we're going to have the release of the first ever Black Baseball Mixtape t-shirt. Please keep it locked into all our social media channels to find ways for you to get the t-shirt. We're very excited. We want to get it to you. We want pictures of you wearing the t-shirt in your homes. We're excited about it. With that, please keep it locked in. A lot of big things coming in the future. Stay locked. Enjoy the podcast. Until next time. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Black Baseball Mixtape. I am your host, Cheats, and it's Monday, so you know what that means. We got a brand new podcast to drop for you. Before I do so, I just want to thank everyone that's been supporting the mixtape it has been an amazing journey please do not stop rate review subscribe you know how these algorithms work the more rates you get the more subscriptions you get the more reviews you get the more people can see the show and people need to see this show and especially this particular episode because i am joined by two amazing young men two amazing young men and we're going to get into exactly why they're on the mixtape today but i've got to tell you about an amazing organization foundation it's called the fair ball foundation the tagline is unlocking access to higher education through baseball and softball they are looking for a more diverse future in the game and it starts with opportunity before i bring our special guest on i definitely want to read to you what was presented to me as the mission statement of the Fair Ball Foundation. It's dedicated to promote access to higher education and stronger, more diverse sports at the college level and beyond. Fair Ball Foundation provides need-based financial support, mentoring, and professional development opportunities for college-bound African-American, Hispanic, Latino, Asian-American, Pacific Islander, and Native American students through scholarships fellowships, internships, and ambassadors, Fairball provides the funds necessary to close the gap and the full cost of attendance, um, covering tuition, fees, books, material, and other essentials. You know at the mixtape we're all about leveling the playing field, and it seems like the Fairball Foundation, if you're not familiar, is an organization that is also dedicated to evening that playing field. Joining me on the podcast are two amazing young men. They are both ambassadors for the Fair Ball Foundation, and they're hell of hell of hella good baseball players. Tevin Tucker, Kalen Culpepper, welcome to the mixtape. It is an honor to have you, brothers. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Tevin, I'm going to start with you because 
We were just talking about this off camera. Look, you had a stellar career at the University of West Virginia. You have now signed a professional contract. So you are now my man, a professional baseball player. I know you're out in Arizona. Look, they at, uh, Kaylin asked off air. I'm going to ask you on air. Brother, how does it feel, man? You're fulfilling your dreams. You signed. You're playing pro ball. How does it feel? Oh, it really feels surreal. Uh, it's a blessing that came true, and I'm just out here trying to get it now. Uh, every day I wake up, I think about, like, I'm really a professional baseball player. Like, ain't no more college. Ain't no more schoolwork. Like I was telling y'all, it's just straight baseball and just being a professional. Just going about your business. So, really blessed to be able to be in this situation. That's amazing. And look, we both got a shout out. Our, our look, our local hometown, uh, two up, two down, VA in the building all day. Central VA at that in many ways. Um, 804. 804. Exactly. We, exactly. The area code right now. Um, I want to ask you, because you did have a stellar career at uh, West Virginia. I know you're Big 12 selections and just had a, had a monster season to close out leading to uh, to signing a professional contract. Talk to me a little bit about your experience with the Fair Ball Foundation and what that meant to you, because I don't think a lot of people fully understand, even as a highly touted baseball player, there's no, there's not full scholarships in baseball. And so right. everybody needs a little bit of help. Talk to us about the Fair Ball Foundation and, and how it helped you along the way in school. Uh, yeah, it helped me a lot. Uh we was playing out the one weekend and my coach, uh, he had texted me. He was like, I think you'll be a great person to fit this uh, organization. So he sent it to me and I looked at it and then I kind of went over with my parents and everything and just, you know what I'm saying, looking at the mission statement, what they were trying to accomplish. That's something I always wanted to try to do. Getting older, just of helping like minorities and everybody try to, like you said, level out the playing field so we can get more blacks in the game. Because growing up, you know what I'm saying, we play, like, you go outside, everybody want to play basketball, everybody want to play football, and you go play baseball, they like, it's it's boring for real. So it's something that really <laughs> it was helpful, like, to, to try to get that going to help out other kids and stuff like that. So I was able to get connected with uh, Ted White, and uh, it's been a great, great choice to help me just fulfill my dream and then also help me with getting more money to help me out. Because, like you said, in baseball, it's, it ain't no full scholarships, really, so – it could be it could be tough at times, but he helped me out just do like posting on social media and stuff like that. So that's what's up, Kalen. I want to ask you a very similar question, ladies and gentlemen. Kalen Culpepper, uh, all Big Twelve uh, is selected over there at K Kansas State, uh, out of Tennessee, correct? Sir, yes, sir. Memphis, Man, Tennessee. out of Memphis, Tennessee, plays at K State. Uh, has had I only I want to say a monster two seasons. And was so monster that this this past year you were selected uh, to go on and do some things with Team USA. So it's been an amazing journey to date for you as well. And a lot of big things for you to come because, look, I know you were just saying uh, Tevin is where you are. You are destined to go only yeah. in a matter of time <laughs> when you're talking about pro ball. Tell me a little bit about how um, the foundation is coming to play for you. How did it get introduced to you? And uh, how is, has the Fairball Foundation been a, a been a part of your journey uh, so far? Yeah, so uh, going into my freshman year, you know, like you said, you know, we don't really get full con uh, full scholarships. So, you know, I was kind of struggling financially with my family and all that. 
So I went to my coach, you know, we had a whole discussion and everything, and we talked about it. And uh, Coach Hughes, our head coach, he, he told me that he had a connection that could get me, uh, like, situated and all that, and stable, financially stable. So his uh, he was friends with Ted White, who was, you know, CEO of uh, Fair Ball. And um, I got in contact with him, and then we, you know, we chatted up a little bit, and he was he basically told me that, um, he was going to take care of me and that I wouldn't, I didn't have to worry about anything else. Uh, and in return, I did like services and stuff and I mm-hmm. just came up with like, like plans and to do around the community and all that. So, I mean, tell why he's a great guy, you know, what he, what he has going is, is great for the community and for black people all around. And, uh, it's just something that I want to be a part of. Absolutely. And it's, and it's so, so vital because we were talking about it in regards to young people in particular, but just minorities, when we talk about the mission statement of Fairball, it's not just limited to African-Americans. It's a, it's a wider mission to get uh, minorities and, and definitely underserved communities playing the game. How did you, Caleb, I'm going to start with you and go back to Tevin. Talk, talk to me about how you got introduced to the game of baseball and, and how did you kind of fall in love with the game? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny because, well, first of all, I started at a young age. I started playing sports at around three years old. So mm-hmm. I was in, I was in, in soccer and, and t-ball. So my dad, he he introduced it to me, and then I mean, we just, I just stayed with. It. I, I worked hard, you know. I didn't really like soccer that much, uh, so I just kind of, you know, kept with, stay with baseball. So, I mean, we would, I would go and work out. Like late at nights with my brother and my older brother and my dad, and we would just do that every day, like every night, even on school nights. And I mean, it got to the point where, like, me and my brother, we were just competing because he's like five years older because he played mm-hmm. college baseball too. So I had had like a role model that I could look up to. So I mean, we were always just compete against each other, and to me, I thought that was fun. I mean, I felt like I could do that like, my whole life. So I just kind of got, like, I kind of got used to it, and I was like, okay, I can take this to the next level. And when I found out that you can get paid from it and become like a professional athlete and make money and take care of your family, I knew it was something I wanted to do because I was like, oh, okay, I have this opportunity to, to do something like do some good for the community and my family and all that. Absolutely. So very young age, not only your dad, but siblings as well. Tevin, what was your story? How did you get introduced to the game of baseball? When did you really pick it up? Uh, I would probably say around like the same age, around like three or four. Uh, I was playing t-ball, played t-ball, played football, I played basketball, and really, I, I really loved basketball. Really, uh, my dad, he was, he grew up in New York, so you know, he was used to basketball and all that. So I grew up playing all three sports, and then I started playing travel ball around like eight years old, and then I could mm. go out. He used to coach with this league, uh, Virginia Commonwealth League, out in Dinwiddie, Virginia. It was nothing but like country baseball. So I go out there every weekend, be a little bad boy, and just just watching them play, learning from them. And then I also had an older brother who I go play with, and he was he was he like nine years older than me, but he played with Jackie Bradley Jr. in high school. Mm-hmm. So just going to watch him play and seeing Jackie playing, and then seeing how far Jackie made it, it just kind of made me want to pick up ball even more. So around like 13, 14 is when I was like, I kind of just want to be like Jackie, kind of make it like him, kind of go D1, then make it to the big league. So that's when it really picked up for me. When did you realize that – I understand when you realized you really liked the game. When did you look mm-hmm. around and realize like, 
oh man, I'm I'm I, I can do this. I'm like I'm good at this. I'm gonna like like was there a moment in your career when you looked around and was like, oh yo, no, I got this. Uh I don't know if it was really a moment I looked around and said that, but a moment probably around like my freshman year of high school. And you know, it was just a big deal kind of of making varsity as a freshman. Then I started all games at shortstops and I was like Okay, like I, I I could take this somewhere for sure. Like <laughs> I could definitely take it somewhere. And then just kind of playing travel ball. And then you know, I'm saying talking to my coaches, and they was like, "You can really do this." And like a lot of D1 programs gonna get into you. So I was like, that was the time when I was like, okay, it's time to really work. And then we're gonna see where this takes us. How about you, Kayla? When you were playing, look, when you were playing in Memphis, was there was was there some times where you looked around and you're like, "Oh no, this is I, I got this. This is me." <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it was around eight or nine years old when I was in, like, the state championship game. And uh, my, my my coach brought me in a pitch. I mean, I didn't really pitch that much. But, you know, it was, you know, I had to do whatever for my team, like, to get the win. So I came in and I, I mean, I just, I shut everybody out. And so I felt like, that. I felt like from that, like, situation, I thought I was going to be a pitcher growing up, moving forward. Because, I mean, after that moment, you know, I felt like a pitcher. But, uh I mean, after that, I just – I was like, okay, okay, maybe I'm doing something. You know, I felt like I was, you know, top of the level. But I'm nine years old, though, so I'm just thinking ahead of my game. But, you know, as I moved forward to high school, you know, like Tevin said, you know, started on varsity. Uh, but I didn't really play shortstop, though. I played second and third because we had a, had a guy that played short. So, I mean, once I made, like, like varsity team in my, my freshman year, I, mean, I was like, okay, we're getting somewhere, we're getting somewhere. And then I just kept like improving each year because I wasn't really like a high, like recognized guy. Like I didn't really get like a lot of offers or wasn't really recruited that much because I wasn't really that big. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm big now, but I'm bigger than I was like in high school because I was about 160, mm -hmm. 150 or something like that. So, but uh, going into my senior year, you know, I knew something had to change because I was like, I mean, times, you know, it's winding down. So I got to, got to do something to up my game or just to get seen so I just I think it was COVID I think it was my yeah it was COVID year 2020 to 2021 when I uh I was actually working out and lifting my backyard every day like my dad he can tell you this he, he had fun tell you the story but um I put on like 20 pounds hmm. and uh I was I went from 160 to like 185 just pure muscle and so after that I felt I saw like a huge difference in my game and and power and speed and all that. So once I did that, uh, a lot of a lot of teams started like calling me because my my performance on the field started changing too. So it started start going up. So I feel like I was starting to get seen more. So it was a little so it was a little bit late, right? So because what I'm hearing from this story is, you know, a lot of folks you you're saying like we like almost a little bit more, especially when you talk about baseball. You yeah. hear a lot more stories that are closer to what Tevin was saying which is, you know, varsity, starting shortstop as a freshman. But, Kaylin, what I'm hearing from you is high school, you, you know, you had, to, you had to really work. You had to put in the yeah. personal development in yourself. And then yeah. by that senior year, that's when things started to change, which yeah. by that point, you know, you like you're saying, it's, it's kind of yeah. go time, right? Right. Like, I still had the talent and everything. It's just yeah. I feel like everything wasn't really clicking like it should have been. Mm -hmm. So once I finally, like, got to that mindset where I need to, you know, just do a, do a little bit more. And that's when stuff started to, like, take off and, and, and do good for me.
that's that's a that's a good lesson I'm sure that you tell other young players too. Because yeah. I know there's a lot of young players that are probably coming up to you and asking about, you know, might like you say something may not be clicking and they're trying to figure it out. And it may yeah. for them it may not be you know their their size, but it could be just anything. Like because yeah. again, when you change, you made before you changed your body. I'm assuming you had a decision that you had to change your mindset going yeah. into. It. Yeah. And I think that's probably. I'm, I'm picking up. I'm picking up on the gym. I'm picking up. Um, because yeah, before you can even make that commitment to go out in the backyard and lift every day with purpose, mentally you've got to you got to change something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because when I was uncommitted, I mean, you know, looking into college, I'm looking at all these older guys, like because I wanted to play in the SEC. I've always wanted to do that, like growing up. So when I was looking at them, I was seeing you know six five and all these 225 guys, I'm like, okay, if I want to get to this level, maybe I need to get bigger. So it clicked. So that's when I started, you know, building my body up and trying to get bigger. I wasn't trying to – I knew I wasn't going to get to 6'5 or 225, but I knew I had to, you know, like physically change my body and all that. So. Interesting. Tevin, let me ask you, because it's not exactly the similar story, but – there was a huge change your last season of college in regards to kind of your prospects and outlooks and going pro and, and like there was this, this build, correct me if I'm wrong through your last year at West Virginia, where it was like, yo, this dude, like this dude's really, we should really like major league organizations. If you will correct me if I'm wrong, should really start to be yeah. like, hey, we really need to, to pay attention to Tevin Tucker, <laughs> which wasn't necessarily the case earlier on in your college career, what changed for you, uh, especially after, you know, that, 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 that monster last season, obviously captivated a great career, but it did, correct me if I'm wrong. It did seem like the attention came a little bit later. No, yeah, definitely. Just like you said, I mean, them first couple of years, it was a struggle. Like it was, I was at the D one playing shortstop every day. Like I wanted to, but it wasn't going nowhere near where I wanted to go. But I just had to stay down, keep my head down, keep my faith in God. And like my mom always said, like, you just got to keep working. So it was really just a fact of, like, really getting out my own way. I get in my own head about certain things. And then that last shot, I was just like, you know what? Like, baseball already hard as it is. Like, we just going to be blessed and go play the game we love every day. And then what really changed was my coach got me with uh, this hitting guy from Pittsburgh named Chase Rowe. So I went down there with him, like, for the summer, just working every day, hitting. And he was just kind of simplifying things for me. So then once that happened, got to the fall. Fall went good. And then, I see, you know, in the season, it was just everything started clicking at the right time. So I knew eventually the hard work was going to pay off. So even just for everybody I talked to, I'd be like, you just continue to work hard. Like, even if it ain't paying off now, it's going to pay off later down the road. Absolutely. That's a great story, too, because I love both of these journeys so far. Because it's not, even though the talent seems to have always been there, there's always there's always some baseball is a hard game, yeah. and I think oh, especially yeah. our young, especially our young black and brown players, they've got additional challenges. Even if they're even if they're really talented, even if they're financially secure, there's always, in many ways, trying to find a comfort level playing the game, especially when even if they play. I've talked to a lot of folks, and I want to ask you both the same, but even if they played with a lot of players of color growing up, it always seems to get to a level where if they keep going up, whether it's travel ball or, or, or you know, showcase games or so forth, 
they start to look around and see it thin out, right? They don't, they're not playing with the same kids that they played with uh, when they were growing up in their little leagues or so forth. Some folks I talked to never had the opportunity. They were always uh, kind of an isolated individual in, in that way. And they've got it. They've got to make, you know, it's sometimes it's not hostile, but they also have to deal with looking around and, and not seeing a lot of coaches and players that look like them or can relate to them. Let me ask you both. I'll start with you, Tevin. Did you have the opportunity? I know you were saying your dad uh, and your brother played. With, did you have a lot of experiences growing up playing with other uh, black and brown kids, kids that could relate to your experience? Uh, yeah, I would say uh, just from the start when I was young, going back to the Virginia Commonwealth League, that was basically like a league out in the country in Dinwoody, Virginia, where like – it was nothing but black mm-hmm. and, you know, some brown baseball players that might have got derailed, went down the wrong road. But it's like grown men playing. So it gave, it gave me a different perspective of baseball and black players playing baseball. Like, it, it's crazy out there. Like, it's, it's just a country, but nobody really know about it. So I was able to play out there at a young age and really play with those grown men and just learn from them. And then when I got in high school, I had my, my core group that I used to hang out with, my two brothers. Michael Peterson and then Mike Mike. And I just, we was able to play high school together. So then through high school, I was able to play with them. I was able to play with a couple more others that came through at during that time. And then when I got to college at West Virginia at a PWI, you know, I didn't, I didn't really think it was going to be really many of us out there. But my freshman year, I think we had like six or seven of us on the field at yeah, one time. A, that's a lot. Oh, yeah. That's like, like a, but that, that's, that's got to be, that's got to be rare. Like and when you were yeah, playing, I got to play with them, and it was it, it that was probably the most fun I ever had. And then each year, it, we have at least at least five to six black players on our team at West Virginia, which was unheard of. I felt like like people were like they recruit. I'm like, yeah, Coach Mazie, he recruit like like black players and stuff. So it really put a really uh, perspective for me to respect Coach Maisie even more because it's like you recruit black players at a PWI and make it feel like at home for them. So That's crazy. That's an amazing story. Now, you said you didn't think it was – when you were kind of being recruited at West Virginia, did you know that they had other black – was that was that something that was attractive to you or is that something you just kind of was pleasantly surprised when you got there? It was like, oh, wow. Uh, I mean, I knew they, they had a couple, but, of course, just like – just soft rip, just from here from West Virginia, like saying that they interested. I'm like, whoa, like that ain't really no no spot for us, really. So it was like, I was like, I'm gonna go up here and see see what it's like. And then once I got up there, it was all love, and I got to talk to the first baseman who was Marcus Emmon. He was black at the time. He was like, nah, like it's really like a family environment, it's home and everything like that. So I just went with my gut and went up there, and then it all, well, everything he said was true. Like it's a home environment. And it made us feel at home. So. That's crazy. Kaylin, I'm going to ask you as well. Did you, what was your experience like in regards to growing up and now where you are? Have, did you have the opportunity to play with a lot of other players of color growing up, or was it a situation where you um, had to deal with some challenges of, of, you know, being a little bit more isolated? Uh, I can say it goes both ways. You know, like growing up, my dad, he, he pretty much coached me until – until like until high school so i think it was until my my sophomore year of high school but i mean his his mindset was that he wanted to give you know people like us black people black players you know more opportunities because you know it's he always told me that it's harder for us you know we got we got to work twice as hard so 
I mean, I always whenever he coached me, I always played with with more black, more black players. But it's uh, it all started when I played with like another coach, and I was with you know more white players than usual. So I mean, it was definitely an adjustment, and like it's like a culture change, culture shock, especially when I came to Kansas State because it's it's another PWI. And I mean, when I got recruited, you know, I looked on the roster. And I saw that they only had – there was one black dude. He was a senior. So, by the time I got there, he was going to be gone. So, it was just going to be me. I sat down and talked with my family. You know, it was it was kind of like, uh, it kind of kind of hesitant to, you know, commit or go there because of, you know, solely because of that. But, you know, when I got here, you know, it was different. You know, we got a black coach with Coach Waits and all. So, mm. you, know, you know, I got him. And then we had – and actually, when I actually got on campus, they recruited an outfielder, Dom Johnson. He, he was black. So, you know, when I got there, it wasn't too bad, but it was still a culture shock because, you know, from Memphis, it's like majority black, especially in the area that I live. Oh, oh, we know. We know. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, We've seen, we've seen enough Memphis. Lived, it's just, it was way different, just the way that, that people move and operate and stuff like that. So I just had to, you know, just change my views and, and like, like dim it down a little bit. So let me ask this and I want to ask you both because it's still um, I think it's something for for people to hear and learn about um, because when you're playing a game, that's a hard game. Right. And like you were saying um, you look around and you may not necessarily have a lot of folks that can relate to your experience, especially at, at Kansas State coming from Memphis and where you were. How, how do you make sure that you like how do you uh process cope deal if there's any challenges that are coming up um in that in, in that environment like you, you, obviously you you mentioned your your family several times obviously a good good core base but how do you go about navigating some of the difficulties uh when you're playing a, a game that's as hard as baseball and then you know you may not have uh, you know, a lot of folks just in your present, like in your right present, like right next to you that can understand exactly what you're going through. I mean, I just, re- I just learned to respect others, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's a game, you know, we all here just to play a game, you know, you know, use a bat and a ball and stuff like that, play catch. So, you know, anything more than that, you know, I feel like it's just, you know, it's extra, but and I don't really look at it as it's black versus white, you know. Like when I came here, it's all about family. So like, I mean, we don't really separate each other or you know, do all that stuff. That's just outside stuff. That's just that's unnecessary. But I mean, to be honest, yeah, I can't really think of the words right now. But I mean, that's that's, that's just my point. Yeah, and it sounds like, and and not to put words in your mouth too, it sounds like you have a really good support system. Uh, yeah, and, no, and, I, and support systems come from all over. They don't necessarily have to look, you know what I mean? They don't have to be all black support systems or anything like that. If you've got the support that you need, um, I think that's that's good. Because I, like I said, and I want to ask Tevin the same thing, too, because baseball is hard, man. <laughs> you got, I mean, especially at the level that you guys are playing at, um, you know, when you're in high school or something like that, you might have a bad game. You might have a bad two games. You might have a bad three games. But when you talk about D1 college and the pros, I've, I, you know, you talked to some of the best players in the game. They were like, man, I went 0 for 32 at one point. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, so how, <laughs> how, how have you dealt with 
um, you know, if you come across things that Tevin that may be difficult, challenging, how do you go about just processing and leaning on support and getting through some of those difficult days? I mean, yeah, I definitely say, like you said, the support system, just like my family and like my core friends and then just me and new guys, like at the professional level that can talk to me about those experiences and, and what they went through and kind of teach me. Cause like you said, like it, it's hard out here at baseball, especially in the professional level, just at any level, honestly. So really I try to lean on just the connections I make, just like Kaylin said, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter what color you are. It's just about being a family. So that's what I try to lean on too. And just, uh, try to teach everybody or respect everybody, just like my parents taught me. So that's something I'm big on as well. So it's just kind of leaning on them just to see what they say and then using my, my support system to help me out and get through, get through the tough times of baseball. Even if sometimes they don't really understand because they don't really play the sport, they're not really in the same, like my shoes, but they can definitely look at a different perspective and help me out. Absolutely. Let me ask you both this and then we'll have some fun, get you out of here on some fun questions. But uh, what do you think is kind of the biggest thing you could advise young players? So if you, you have a young player in front of you and they're saying, man, I want to be the next Tevin, T- Tevin Tucker. I want to be the next Kalen Culpepper. Well, how do I how do I get there? I know there's no magic bullet. But what would be the fundamental thing that you would tell a young player, say, eighth grade, ninth grade, that wants to be the next you guys? Um, I'll say just be yourself. I mean, there's, I mean, you don't really need to try to, like, be be someone that you're not and try to do all this other stuff for other people's liking. I mean, if you be yourself and do what you do and just, you know, mind your own business, go about your business the right way, people are going to respect you. And you're gonna have a lot of, a lot of more success, you know, in your careers. Yeah, just just to double back on that, I'll just say that same stuff, and then just to work hard, like work, always work hard, give it all you got, and then to get to where you want to get, where we at. I mean, you got to take care of them grades, make sure them grades right, make sure you get that education, but just work hard and get that education for sure. Excellent. Now that's sound advice, solid advice. Let me ask, shake it out, gentlemen. Let's have some fun. Kalen, who are your favorite players growing up? Uh, Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols was one of them. And, and B.J. Upton. Oh, B.J. Upton. Virginia and uh, Virginia, yep, Virginia. Yeah. Got out. <laughs> How about you, Tevin? Who are your guys? Uh, Derek Jeter and then Jackie Bradley Jr. As I got yeah. older. Very, okay, well, Jeter because it's a shortstop. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a, that makes it makes sense. It makes yeah. sense. And my dad was a Yankees fan because he's from New York, so it was definitely Jeter. Then I wore two in college, so that's just that's Jeter number and my dad's favorite number. So yeah. There we go. Did you uh did, did have you had what was look? We were talking about this. Have you had Tevin like I know you're a pro now, but have you had like what was the moment for you? Was it Putting pen to paper, signing a contract. What was the moment that you were like, is it batting practice in a cage or getting to a facility? When was it like, oh snap, I'm a pro now? Like this is this is a different level of baseball. Uh it was really that phone call. Like really when I got that phone call from the Rockies and they was like, Hey, we're gonna sign you, like, let's get to work. And I got off the phone and it was just like 
like I ain't cry, but like I was just <laughs> sitting there. Like, I was talking to my girlfriend. I was like, I'm really like a, a Rocky, like because right. all I known so far, like I spent five years at West Virginia. That was all I knew for a minute. So it was like I'm really a Rocky, ready like play out what I always want to do. So I think it was really that phone call was when it it really like said, "Wow, I'm a professional player." Then when I got here, it was just like everybody go about their business. So it was just like just, just time to go about the business now. I like it. I like it. Kalen, let me ask you, because you had obviously uh, a recent experience with USA Baseball. Just tell tell, tell me, tell the audience, what was that like? Because, one, not a, not a, lot, of, yeah, not a lot of folks even get that call to come out and, and be a part of it. You are, you, are a, you are a part of it. Like, tell me a little bit about that process. A lot of people don't know um, – I mean, they know about like, you know, what is it like kind of kind of the, the offseason division one kind of wooden bat leagues and things like that. But you yeah. were in something that was completely different. Tell us about how it came about, how you got the call and, and what was it like? Well, see, before the season started, you know, I had my agent meeting in the fall with my, with my, with my head coach. And I pretty much told him, you know, my goals for the season and making the USA team was one of them. So. I mean, going into the season, that was on my mind. But unfortunately, I got hurt. So I thought that that was the end of it. I thought I didn't have a chance. But then when I came back, you know, I, I started doing pretty pretty well and all that. And then I had got a text from a uh, coach saying that USA Baseball, uh, Eric Campbell guy, he was they were still interested in me. And so when I heard that, you know, that kind of just motivated me even more. So I was like, okay, okay, I still got a shot at this. So I just kept playing. I kept playing my game, you know. I stuck to it, you know. I believe in God, you know. He uh, he he paved the right, uh, paved the way for me and all that. And then um, at the end of the season, you know, I was able to get the call saying that I had been invited. But when I got there, you know, it was let me tell you, it was a it was a once in a lifetime experience. Sure, I mean, I was there with pretty much all the best players in the country. And I mean, we, we were able to play and, and, and meet new new faces and new people and just play against like a different like style of play that we're not really, you know, used to with Japan and, and, and Taiwan. So, mm-hmm. I mean, just being there, you know, it was just, it was amazing, but also playing and putting on the jersey and representing your country, it was, that, that was amazing too. And it was also a blessing. So, and I'm, I was just blessed to be in that situation. How are they, look, I always hear about, these environments where you hear like either the practices are really hard or really easy. So I want to ask, because again, your, your, uh, your colleagues, your, your teammates are some of the best of the best. Right. So I'm sure there's something internally. That's like, I want, I I don't want to be the dude. That's like not the (laughs) dude, right. Everybody's the dude. What was just what was the environment in regards to like practice and getting things done? Was it, was it work, work? Like everybody was really, grinding it out because again it's it's pretty competitive yeah. or was it was it like oh i'm just around a bunch of dudes that kind of know what to do yeah. now everybody everybody was there for a reason you know right. we all knew that you know we all that we were there because based on how we played and stuff like that and and all that notoriety but i mean we we had practice and you know pre-games and stuff like that you know we we knew what you know when to work and when to joke around so when we were at the field it was there was no plan no, no joking around and no nothing. It was all seriousness. But outside of the field, you know, we were all best friends. You know, we were joking around, cracking jokes on the bus, playing games. I'm sure Tim, you know what mafia is. We oh, played yeah. 
we played that on the bus probably about 100 times on the way to the field. Even if it was like a five-minute drive. But, I mean, just the camaraderie, camaraderie and all that. I mean, we, we got along pretty well, but we also worked hard. You know, it was it was serious, especially that first practice. You know, everybody got selected. You know, we all made it, so we were all shaking hands. And then the coaches, they were so strict because, you know, it's serious when you're trying to be in another country. So there wasn't no playing around. Everybody was locked in for sure. Did Joe Dunn, does this give you a boost of confidence coming into this season here? Oh, it definitely does. Mm-hmm. It definitely does. Like, I, I can – I can say I can like stick my chest out a little bit more. With <laughs> go crazy. Not too, not too much. Not too much. Yeah, yeah, not too much. Not too much. But I'm definitely holding my head high. I got a lot of confidence in me. So, you know, we got that title. League. You feel like you feel like you need to do something. So that's how I feel. I feel like I'm ready just to you know prove myself and show why I was I was chosen to play for USA. That's what's up. That's what's up, Tevin. What's the biggest difference now? And I know we talked a lot about schedule. But what's the biggest difference now in regards to how you go about your business uh, as a pro? I know one of the things that always stood stood out, and I don't exactly know because you're in the complex leagues now, right? Like in the and so um, it it's a little bit of a shortened season, right? And then you know as you move forward, you'll get kind of fully like it's just a, it's a big learning curve. One of the things right. I've always heard is the number of international players changes dramatically. At the pro level, and so a lot of folks are like, they kind of know, but they're like surprised because now there's things that you have to deal with, like language differences and, and and things that you might not have had to deal with in, in college. Like, so is, I mean, what is the biggest adjustment for you? Uh, I would definitely probably say that was one of them. Uh, just like getting here, and it's a whole bunch of like Dominicans and stuff, and they in the locker room, and they just having a full blown conversation. Then they listen to their music. I, they, I swear, they listen to their music like they're the only ones, and they just blare. So it's just like getting used to that. And then some of them, you know, what I'm saying they don't really know English, but it'd be cool like talking to them and they're trying to trying to listen and trying to understand what they're saying and stuff like that. Because most of them cool, but that's something that. You hear about it, but you don't really understand it until you really get into it. you really around them every day. But that and then just really is just like at the professional level, everybody care themselves as a professional. Like it's just they worry about not themselves, mainly themselves and how they can better themselves, like becoming the best youth that you can become. So that was an adjustment, too, because it's like in college, it's, you know, it's a lot of team, 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 team. And pro ball is still a team, but at the same time, you're trying to build a routine that work for you. So if you got to get to bed at a certain time, get up at a certain time, do the same routine every day. Like I get up there and go in the weight room, like before we eat breakfast to just roll out, stretch, then go eat breakfast, then lift. Just trying to understand, you know what I'm saying? The best routine for me that helps me become the best player I can be. Cause at the end of the day, if I can become the best player, I can help the team win, help the organization win. So that's really the biggest difference that I've seen so far. But definitely the international players is something that <laughs> once you get into it, and once Caitlin yep. get into it, he'll see like it's it's different for sure. I got a little taste of it, so a little bit, yeah, yeah. Playing some international competition as well, so yeah, yeah. yeah. I would tell. I mean, look, um, gentlemen, I'm going to ask you both the question that I ask every uh, guest that comes on the show. This is a fun one, uh, Kalen, I'll let you go first. If you could face any pitcher through current day or throughout history, so any pitcher, living or dead, who do you dig in the box with? Who do you want to face? Who do you want to see who has their best stuff? 
the same question. <laughs> <laughs> Let me think about it. Let me think about it. Uh oh, okay. I'm gonna say Bob Gibson. Okay. Okay. Bob Gibson. Yeah. Any particular reason why? I mean, Bob Gibson was a beast now. He was, but my main reason because I played I played a show. <laughs> so and he always shut everybody out. So yeah, he's tough. I feel like if I get in a box in real life, then I can, you know, take it to him. Uh, hey, look, and do you know where did Bob Gibson go? You were at Kansas State. Bob Gibson, did he go to the University of Nebraska? I think he want, I want to say either went. Yeah, I think I want to say he went to either Kansas or Nebraska. Yeah. He's just a t- amazing, amazing individual, man, uh, and tough as nails. Obviously, neither none of us are old enough to have uh, seen it live, but. Uh, we definitely, yeah, I went, I went definitely seen it. You. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, a lot, a lot of people, a lot of people. I've asked, I've asked Hall of Fame, I've asked Hall of Famers that question, and uh, Bob Gibson probably comes up, probably the most. Uh, the, you know what? The people that were old enough that the people that I've talked to that have that I'm honored to say that are old enough to see Bob Gibson pitch. Do not select Bob Gibson. The people, mm. the people that are younger that have never seen Bob Gibson pitch, yeah. and, I, and, and you can you do the math, yeah. you can understand why. Because if yeah. they've seen it, because they were also like he was mean as hell. He was like mean as like. So if you even got like a good yeah. foul ball, he was putting it in your ear. So, mm. Tevin, same question: any pitcher, living or dead, who would you want to dig in against? Who would you want to face? Who would you want to test out? I'm gonna just say who the first person that came to mind when you said that. For some reason, it was Randy Johnson. He was the first person that came to mind. I like I was it. Like, I want to dig it against him. Like, I like yeah. it. That's a good one. Big lefty. Yeah. Crazy yeah. slider. I like it. I like. These are good answers. Bob Gibson, Randy Johnson, amazing gentlemen. Before I get you out of here, um, I want to go back to where we started, which was the Fairball Foundation. You both are ambassadors of a program that really has an amazing mission and really um, is dedicated to, to growing the game. Uh, if you were asked to, to for from anybody to kind of look into it, put your ambassador hats on, tell us all why the Fairball Foundation is the place where they really should be looking at, especially if they're in a similar situation that you both were in. Uh, I'll just say... I mean, it's a great organization that's going to help you uh, with great people. Like Kaylin said earlier, Ted White is a great, great person who was the founder of that. Um, very down-to-earth person. And like I said, they're going to help you. If if you need help, they're the people to be with. Like I said, great people. And they give you all the resources you need to, to be successful and help you out, especially if you're going through struggling times or anything like that. They're going to be there for you, regardless, on and off the field. Yeah, just like Zevin said, you know, it's a great organization. You know, they they gonna understand you. You know, if you come to them, you know, they gonna talk to you. They gonna sit down with you. And y'all gonna have a, a great conversation and all that. So they're respectful. They gonna respect everybody's situation because not not everybody's perfect. So they're gonna sit down with you, understand, put themselves in your shoes, and and go about it. Ladies and gentlemen, the organization is called Fairball Foundation. You can look it up on fairballfoundation.org. These two amazing young brothers, Tevin Tucker, Kalen Culpepper, both tell everybody where they can follow you. You guys on soul. Don't look. Don't 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 give them a hard time now. Look, they don't give them a hard time, but tell everybody where they can follow you and give you support. <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram, you know, underscore KC22 is the name. Some simple. 
And then you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, T-Tuck underscore five. Perfect. Gentlemen, we're going to leave it there. I want to thank you both. And from seriously, from the most sincere place I can, I can say it, I want to wish you both much more continued success because you guys are on a road uh, to doing some really special things both on and off the field. So I really wish you the best, brothers. And I'll be watching, I'll be following, and I'll be keeping track as you guys continue to move forward. Thank appreciate you. I appreciate you for having me on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Black Baseball Mixtape. We'll be right back after this. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. What did I tell you? Tevin Tucker, Kalen Culpepper, two outstanding, outstanding young men. Please follow their careers. Please follow the Fair Ball Foundation and all that they have going on. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you.